Your favorite Voice America Talk Radio Network shows and hosts are in your car, outdoors, and wherever you need them to be. Listen anywhere. Get our mobile app for iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android at the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. You are a visionary. You have a vision. You just need to create it and bring it to life. Welcome to Visionary Leader Extraordinary Life with your host, Kate Ebner. Our program will be an hour of inspiration from leaders who are making their visions happen and will set you on the path to having a big impact through your leadership and the life you really want. Now here's your host, Kate Ebner. Good morning. Welcome to Visionary Leader Extraordinary Life. I'm Kate Ebner, your host. Every week I have the privilege of interviewing visionary people, people whose lives, careers, and their visions for the future can inspire every one of us. I hope you've been tuning in each week for inspiration and that you're learning some practical and insightful things that can help you to stay inspired and also become inspiring in your own life and for the sake of the future. My guest today is Maggie McGuire, Vice President of Scholastic Media Interactive, where she oversees the development and production of award-winning content across numerous interactive platforms. Maggie is a master at developing partnerships for distributing that content, and her work in that interactive space encompasses a broad spectrum of delivery formats from digital downloads and the internet to handheld video games, consoles, electric learning, electronic learning, toys, and interactive television. Prior to joining Scholastic, Maggie was Director of Development at Nickelodeon Home Entertainment. She oversaw product development for their video, DVD, and audio businesses and produced live-action television shows for Cablevision. Maggie's worked with LeapFrog, Fisher-Price, Sesame Workshop, Universal Studios, Paramount Pictures, Rhino Records, Simon & Schuster, and many of the other brands we all know and love. And one of the things that fascinates me the most about Maggie and her life story is that she started out as a teacher and curriculum designer. So Maggie, welcome to Visionary Leader Extraordinary Life. Thanks, Kate. I'm really excited to be here. You know, and I know that in addition to all that I've said by way of introduction, you are also a mother of two sons. Is that right? Yes. I have a six and an eight-year-old sons, Ben and Luke. Or in first and third grade. So a mother, a wife, um, and um, really an innovative executive at, at Scholastic. It's going to be really a pleasure to have you on the show today. Um, we've called this show Paying It Forward with Maggie McGuire, an inspiring vision rooted in values. And I want to just um, get to that as we talk today a little bit about sort of how you became who you are and the values that have guided you. I know that's been a really important part of it, Maggie. Yeah, um, it. I would say the the biggest thread that leads both who I am as a mom and who I am here in at Scholastic or in my in my work life uh, really stems from probably being the youngest of nine. <laughs> Let's start with that. Growing up in Detroit and and being raised by you know two terrific parents um, who really 
you know, raised all of us to be very um, both independent and individual, even though we're all from a family of nine. We have a lot of people saying, you're like an only child in some ways mm-hmm. because you're so independent. But also um, they really um, embraced a love of learning and shared with us um, the importance of never stopping that learning process and sort of hungering and thirsting for more and um, sharing your talents and putting everything that you've been given back into what you do. And so um, I think that continues to power me both as a mom, and it's a tremendous inspiration for me as a mom to, you know, see two young people um, exploring the world for the very first time and and, um, realizing how tremendous um, it is to have a creative uh, soul, if you will, where I, I really think that everybody comes to this world with a creative soul and what that can mean as you grow and learn. And uh, both in my work, I mean, my work really relies tremendously upon um, building teams of people who are uh, bringing lots of different ex- areas of expertise to the table, uh, building teams of people who can create new products and new experiences for kids and families. Uh, and that you know, I think I kind of draw upon some of those early learnings in, in that family of nine, if you will, about uh, everybody's got a different voice, um, bringing sort of those shared perspe- uh, different perspectives together into a shared goal um, can really be powerful. Yeah, you know, I, I'm really putting that together, that youngest child of nine <laughs> from, from Detroit and the equation you're making to creating teams where everyone has a voice and where the individuality of each team member, not unlike a family of nine, um, yeah. re- recognized and hopefully appreciated and, and welcomed around the table. I have a, I, I know how creative you are, and so I'm going to put you on the spot and ask you, Uh-oh. would it be possible for you to tell us your life story as if you were telling a fairy tale to young children? Just start with, once upon a time, Maggie, and tell us your story. Um, let's see. So, uh, once upon a time, there was a family of seven <laughs> who was very happy growing up in uh, in Detroit, Michigan, and their mother and father were loving people who realized they were having twins. <laughs> wow. And uh, along came Margaret and Michael, and... Um, uh, you know, there began um, sort of the end of one adventure, sort of finalizing the number, the count or the number of kids in a family and uh, a new adventure of raising, um, you know, four boys and five girls who had to uh, figure it all out together. And I was at the end and uh, sort of like the duckling at the end of that long string, I uh, watched and learned what my brothers and sisters did and uh, participated in hilarious and adventurous and challenging conversations and activity in a house just bustling with noise and sounds and uh, a host of every possible situation life can throw at you and uh, grew up. Uh, to love singing and dancing and theater and writing um, and ultimately decided to choose a path that would allow me to explore uh, the things that I love and put them to use, if you will, as an adult. And that girl <laughs> moved to New York City uh, after going to college on the, on the East Coast 
and um, sort of cut a path that allowed her to see the way people live. I was a uh, community organizer in the Bronx uh, that led me to teaching in classrooms in various neighborhoods throughout New York City that led me to sort of taking that passion for education and a love of learning to um, uh, my efforts at Teach for America to help grow really a, a, a world of young enthusiasts who wanted to pay it forward, if you will, by becoming teachers. Mm-hmm. Uh, then I sort of spread my wings and uh, went on to um, work for an international education organization, International Baccalaureate, creating a curriculum that would hopefully allow more kids to better succeed in life and compete in all the ways in which kids are asked to these days uh, academically. And then decided that I wanted to put all those things together in a uh, new way, um, one way that could possibly influence larger groups of people uh, and um, sort of turn my talents uh, in education and my focus on kids into the world of media where, you know, a lot of the fun things I get to do on a daily basis reach uh, millions of people across the web and um, through the products that we create. And she became a very happy adult (laughs) who Mm -hmm. met a wonderful man, got married, and is now raising uh, two really inventive, creative, inspiring kids in Brooklyn. And that's my story. And they all lived happily ever after. And they all lived happily ever after. (laughs) We're all living very happily (laughs) as we speak. Well, you know, that's um, thank you for for sharing that with us. I mean, I, I um, suspect that there are lots of adventures that our heroine had that um, we may hear more about as we go today. I wonder. Um, I'm I'm I want to play back your story to you a little bit. Um, there's always a little bit more, Maggie. You were at the end of the long line of ducklings, and you were, but you were a twin. Yeah. So a twin. you, Michael and Maggie, um, born together. Maggie born last, and then you grew up in this lively, um, dynamic household with lots of adventures and lots of, um, lots of uh, learning. I'm curious about two things. One is this lifelong love of learning. That's kind of a a phrase we hear all the time, but you, mm-hmm. you seem to be someone from a very early age who loved learning and carried that through. You know, how did that come out of that family of nine? Where did you get that? Oh, that's a really great question. I mean, um, boy, I think there's so many different um, influences on on that. My point of view or my philosophy of wanting to never stop learning. Um, uh, I would have to say that both my parents, in their own right, in their own ways, um, shared that sort of desire and thirst for wanting to know. But in, probably most specifically, my father. He was an executive at Ford Motor Company. You know, we were in the Motown days, <laughs> and um, he, though taught, he was a teacher himself. He taught um, night school twice a week at the university level. He, he taught. He was in mathematics and accounting and finance. And um, interestingly enough, I have two siblings, two uh, sisters who are teachers also. I had an aunt who was a teacher. I think that there was just something in the DNA (laughs) of the McGuire household that just really valued very much, um, you know, knowing and sharing knowledge as it pertained to, you know, helping people become um, better people, better individuals, uh, having fuller, richer lives. My dad was, uh, till the 
you know, the, the, the last day of his life, uh, you know, I'll never forget, um, he passed away about eight years ago when I was pregnant with my first child, and he was uh, 85, and I was visiting, you know, him uh, home, visiting him from Brooklyn, and he kept saying, oh, I just still think it's so amazing that you're in the city with so many nationalities and people from the, all over the world and speaking other languages. It must be so fantastic to live there and you never stop learning. And, you know, so he just, that's just a small snippet and a small sort of keyhole perspective on his tremendous passion for never stopping, appreciating everything around you, um, taking advantage of other people's information and cultures and differences and figuring out how that can uh, be additive to your life. Wow, his message really landed with yeah, his daughter, no, Maggie. I, I, I often think about him, uh, you know, I think he was a tremendous inspiration. Yeah, I, I, really, I really understand. I, I also want to go back again to that story you told and one thing that struck me is that you seem to believe you can do anything. You told <laughs> us, you said things like, I went to New York City and I decided to teach for America and then I decided I wanted to do something more. You kept deciding yeah. what you wanted to do. You know, most people say, I don't know, I'm not sure, how do I find my path? Um, I'll try this, I'll try that. You decided. So tell us about that. Tell us. Um, how you've created your path. Like, sure. What's the mindset? Um, there probably isn't a clean formula <laughs> to, <laughs> to this question, um, and it is likely very different for everyone. But for me, um, I have definitely approached life, I think from a very early age, that life is not linear, and I do not have a formulaic path I must follow. And what really has driven all of my decisions, as you say, is um, my passions, you know, that um, I'm always evolving and changing, and I always wanted to be open to new opportunities as they presented themselves, but I always weighed as they approached me. (laughs) Do they make sense for me? Um, How do they map to who I am and what I believe in and, and what I want to contribute to the world? Um, do they tap my passion? Do, is it meaningful enough for me to contribute my time and effort to it? And I think, you know, also the other part of the answer is, you know, how did I know what to decide? I think I also, you know, was raised in a family and my parents and had the opportunity to to talk to wonderful professors and lots of friends and experience lots of things in the world that taught me um, that you have to know yourself first and be true to yourself. And if you really do get down to the grist of who you are and you can be really, really honest with yourself um, and you know what you love, um, the decisions you make will really be driven by those things. And I've tried to. You know, I'm not perfect and I haven't made all the perfect decisions one can. But, you know, I do see, while some people say, wow, you've lived many lives, Maggie, for me, the connective tissue between my choice to be a community organizer and then translate that into working with kids and then translate that into taking what I know and creating experiences and products and um, businesses that can affect 
positive change and educational change and bring um, knowledge and joy to families um, really has a, a thread for me. And so that's sort of been my, my modus operandi, if you will. I'm glad you shared that with us. There's, you know, I, I w- would love to um, myself go back and listen again and again to the statement that you just made. I think, um, again, often it's the mindset that shapes the experience that we have. And the mindset that you just shared is very um, inviting, I think, for all of us to think about. We're going to take a short break. And when we come back, we want to learn more about how you are changing the world. Thank you, Maggie. Stocks, bonds, investment opportunities, financial news, and talk. We can help. Call us now toll-free, 866-472-5790. 866-472-5790. Voice America Business Network. What would you do if you knew that you could not fail? The Dr. Pat Show with Dr. Pat Basile is a radio forum for some of the world's most influential people in the fields of health, wellness, and human potential. Dr. Pat brings together and introduces visionary scientists and futurists, environmentalists, educators, business leaders, inventors, filmmakers, authors, artists, mystics, and healers who inspire and support individual and collective growth and positive cultural shifts. This award-winning radio show empowers the listening community to be the change they want to see in the world. Tune in every Thursday at 8 a.m. Pacific for the Dr. Pat show with Dr. Pat Basile, radio to thrive by. If you're a golf enthusiast and looking for some great golf properties in the desert southwest, you'll want to make the Golf Realty Network your weekly stop. Hosted by Jane and Al Anderson, the Golf Realty Network is all about living where you play, on the golf side. You'll hear from the course pros and vendors, while the real estate side will bring you the top agents and brokers who know how to market or find your golf community home. Tune in to the Golf Realty Network, Wednesdays at 8 a.m. Pacific, 11 a.m. Eastern on Voice America Variety, and rebroadcast weekly on Voice America Sports. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. You're listening to Visionary Leader Extraordinary Life with host Kate Ebner. We'd love to hear from you. Pick up your phone and call into 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. If you'd rather send an email, please send it to visionaryleader at nebocompany.com. Now, back to today's program. So Maggie, do you think being a teacher has helped you in your current job as Vice President of Scholastic Media Interactive? Absolutely. I I actually think having been a teacher has prepared me for just about anything. (laughs) And um, I think in some ways it gave me more than I gave it um, because what it really taught me, I I definitely remember this aha moment. I when I first started teaching, I taught um, freshman and sophomore high school, and then I went into the middle grades, seventh and eighth, and that's really where I think I found my greatest joy, that hormonal, <laughs> dramatic, changing, ever-changing um, age where kids come in and they're just very raw with both love and emotion as well as, you know, lots of questions. And um, I was trying to communicate to them uh, in any number of ways, um, 
you know, sort of what my dad shared with me and what we've been talking about a little bit, like how wonderful it is and how powerful it is, if you will, to have knowledge. And, and I remember putting up on the board, um, knowledge equals power. And power has a lot of um, tremendous weight with kids. You know, that's a very big word for them. And that underneath that I wrote, knowledge equals responsibility. And I'll never forget this room. You know, I had a very large classroom of kids, 35 or 36 kids, and they were all, like, really wowed by this idea. And, um, you know, this is the beginning of the year, and, and so I just started to ask them questions about what they knew. You know, how powerful are you? And then we got into this discussion about what are you going to do with that, right? How are you mm-hmm. going to be, take responsibility for what you know, and how are you mm-hmm. going to, you can do anything with that, you know, mm-hmm. as you learn and grow, you learn things and they become you know, part of your DNA and then you get to act on that knowledge. And that has really shaped, I think, that sort of ask questions, help people understand what they know is powerful and that their contributions are meaningful and that um, that's where new ideas are born. You know, so when you tell a kid, you know, when you tell a child a piece of information that's giving them something, but sometimes more powerful is asking what you know first, you know, and and drawing out uh, from a group of kids and then certainly a team of people in the workplace, what what do you know? What's your area of expertise? What do you love? What turns you on? And and then there's the hook for getting uh, a person, a student or an adult team of people to be um, collaborating and really truly contributing their expertise, their knowledge to an end goal. You know, so in the classroom, uh, what I learned is drawing out prior knowledge and um, celebrating differences and celebrating the talents of the group of kids before me was the hook to get them to want to learn more and to thirst for like, oh, I can't wait till she reads that next passage from the book she's reading aloud or she's going to give us a really cool assignment and she's going to let us do it in whatever way, you know, we can ex- exhibit it best. And, and sort of I was taught in the classroom that that's what gets people thinking, that's what gets kids motivated sort of intrinsic value to them that makes the effort meaningful. And I think in in my work with tremendously creative people I have had the liberty of working with, um, the thing that I always start with is, you know, what do you know? Um, share your perspective. I'd love your uh, idea or contribution around this this effort. And, uh, and I'd like a shared perspective of people who come from different vantage points and it really makes you know uh what we achieve at the end goal i think tremendous and 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 um that much better uh, mm-hmm. than sort of mm-hmm. a siloed perspective on things mm-hmm. and kids you know, me it that. reminds me maggie of last year um, i did a leadership program for eighth graders and we were working on values and we were asking i was working with them and asking them what are your values and it was fascinating because not only did they know what their top oh, yeah. three or four values were, they knew each other's too. So when everyone had a chance to kind of present and talk about their values, the others in the room were chiming in and saying, that's so true of you or oh, you forgot about, you know, and it was, um, it, it was really refreshing actually for me. I work with adults all the time in leadership conversations, working with these eighth graders. It was um, real and known to themselves yeah. and each other because of how they act 
every day. They They're were very just tuned really... into each other, yeah, and open. I think kids just, we have so much to learn from kids. Again, going back to your question about did being a teacher help me? It helped me be who I am. It's helped me be a mom. It's helped me uh, be a leader of teams <clears throat> and, and, and really helped me to, to understand um, where great ideas come from. You know, we all have something in us. Uh, we all have ideas. We all have needs and wants. And they are what propel us to do things, to act a certain way, to develop or create things. Uh, and let me let me jump yeah. in and pull yeah. out the phrase you just said, where great ideas come from. Where mm-hmm. do great ideas come from? I think new ideas, um, there's a couple different ways in which I've learned where they come from or helped figure out how to find them. I think yeah. asking questions. I mean, I'm a person who is a big question asker versus someone who sort of, talks at or delivers, and I have found that um, new ideas are born when a team of people or even a, an individual knows how to listen and ask, you know, ask questions and then listen and bring together um, and be open to ideas that they've never explored before. I think as a, um, as a leader, one of the greatest sort of responsibilities for understanding where new ideas come from is being able to say, I don't know, but I've built a team of people. And together, you know, there's a number of experts on this team who are going to have the answer when we put all of our ideas on the table. And it will probably be better, that idea at the end of the day, than if only one of us had pursued it singularly, potentially, right? And so, um, you know, I think new ideas come from being open, uh, I think new ideas come from a willingness to say, I don't know, but I want to find out. And that's sort of part of that, like, never stop learning. Yeah, we don't know everything. You know, I think what's so interesting in the work world, and especially, you know, at the executive level, is I think there is an intimidation sometimes for folks to say, oh, gosh, if I say I don't know, that that's a huge, you know, that's a vul- I'm stepping into vulnerability here versus, uh, you know, sort of I like to turn it on its head and say when I don't know something, uh, I think it's powerful because I'm about to learn something new from somebody so what, who does. So what you're saying is go ahead, and if you don't know, just yeah. say, I don't know, and open yourself up to yeah. learning not rather than trying to um, pretend you know or you exactly. know, being fearful. I, I don't know, but vulnerable. I want to find out. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Right? You know, Maggie, the world has changed. Together. The world's changed quite a bit since we were kids, and kids today have options and choices that we didn't even dream of, some of which you've created probably in your career at Scholastic and other places. Um, what do you think is most important for educators and parents of today to understand about kids? Ooh, that's a big question. Um, I think if I had to boil it down to my simplest idea uh, is that kids come to the table already with um, desires and wants and with ideas, and that's where we need to start. You know, so if the question is, what do we need to know about kids and how they learn? What do we know about, what do we need to know about kids in order to motivate them? What do we need to know about kids in order to ensure we're setting them up for success or creating environments where they can thrive? I think at the end of the day, we have to start with getting to know them versus assuming we know a lot about kids at large. And so, you know, 
prescribing things for them. They're individuals with really unique points of view from the time they're tiny. You know, when you watch a, a, a infant or an 18-month-old or a two-year-old play, they're bringing to that play a tremendous amount of something that's going on inside them, right, as an individual, the way they build, the way they scribble, the way they sort of chat about their play. And um, understanding and observing and listening to who they are and how they learn and what they want to know about um, could have a tremendous impact on how we teach kids in the future, how our school systems are designed, uh, how we are building a future of inventors and thinkers, system thinkers, design thinkers, scientists, creative thinkers. Um, So I think it all starts with, um, and I go back to that teaching sort of scenario where I said I think it's best to start with a group of kids by asking them, what do you know, what do you love, versus I have a bunch of stuff to tell you. Right. I think that's great. I think that's fabulous advice. And I, um, I want to go to uh, the title of our show today, Paying It Forward with Maggie McGuire, an inspiring vision rooted in values. And tell us, what are, if you can, just sort of sum up what you think are the values um, that you really root your own life and your own life path in. Oh, okay. Let's see. <laughs> I'm going to put on my mom hat, my wife hat, my friend hat, my business hat. Um, if I had to boil it down, I, I would say the things that sort of drive me or um, are sort of the bedrocks of what I want to be about. Uh, we've covered one of them, I think, education or being open mm-hmm. to learning at every stage mm-hmm. of life and never stopping. I think um, love what you do. That's a huge inspiration for me, especially um, as I'm talking and raising my uh, children, talking to and raising my children with my husband. We're, we're very much about love, love what you do. Um, don't fear what you don't know. Embrace it. Mm-hmm. You know, take it mm-hmm. on, head on, ask the questions, and then you'll mm-hmm. know. <laughs> um, <laughs> right? Collaborate. Uh, so I learned that at the dinner table <laughs> in Detroit. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, and I learned it in the classroom with teams of kids. I certainly learned it when I was a community organizer in the Bronx, you know, how to get a group of people live, living in the same space together to agree on uh, how they can help each other make, you know, their lives better. Uh, cut your own path. There isn't a formula. I, I think those are sort of the anchors to, to what I value. Um, never giving up. Is, is a huge mantra of mine. Um, believing in possibility, focusing mm. on what's possible versus focusing on what's not possible. Um, and, and, you know, I think also, and it kind of is a thread here in the story, is I uh, value the opportunities I've been given in my life, tremendous opportunities, education, a great family, wonderful friends, lots of opportunities in my business life. And I think I'm responsible now for sharing those things in positive Mm -hmm. ways, you know, Mm -hmm. in in, in meaningful ways, however I can, via my family, via my work life, via my friendships, etc. I'm talking to my guest, Maggie McGuire. And when we come back, we're going to talk about the secret to her success.
up-to-date business and financial news. Call now and get the financial information you need. 866-472-5790. 866-472-5790. The experts are here. Voice America Business Network. If you are looking for creative ways to improve your bottom line, tune in to Make Your Move with Alan and Brian Bolio. Their proven track record of helping businesses enhance their profitability will provide the basis for a forum about actionable items based on a business person's perspective. The program will be business talk, but with an economic context, so you'll know how to stay ahead of the game. Make Your Move is broadcast live every Monday afternoon at 4 p.m. Eastern Time, 1 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Are you an entrepreneur that wants to achieve more? Not just in it for profit, but to do work you find meaningful that adds more value to more people in more ways? Listen for Be More, Achieve More, inspiration for the entrepreneurial mind. With host Chris Cooper, you'll hear from successful achievers from around the world with the passion and experience to offer invaluable guidance. These people are making a difference and will help give you the motivation and insight to achieve more. Be More, Achieve More can be heard live Fridays at 8 a.m. U.S. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Voice America Business Network the bottom line in business. You're listening to Visionary Leader Extraordinary Life with host Kate Ebner. We'd love to hear from you. Pick up your phone and call into 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. If you'd rather send an email, Please send it to visionaryleader at nebocompany.com. Now, back to today's program. This is Kate Ebner. Our show is Visionary Leader Extraordinary Life, and I'm interviewing Maggie McGuire, Vice President of Scholastic Media Interactive. Um, we've been talking about family. We've been talking about values. We've been talking about what teachers know that can help all of us um, live a good, great life and also reach our kids um, Maggie, you were nominated to be a guest on this show by someone who said, this is the most inspiring woman and mother I've ever met. (laughs) Oh, boy. (laughs) I know. And you've just inspired us, I think, right before the break with um, kind of a a long list of ideas, mantras, values that really are the um, the inner values that you you carry with you. And I've heard you say something else I want to tap into right now. Um, You once told me choose happiness. Mm, mm-hmm. And I'd love to, to hear you talk a little bit about what it means to you to choose happiness even when your optimism is challenged. Mm, yeah, um, that's challenging. <laughs> and, um, you know, I don't, I, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to even remember how I sort of determined that that was going to be how I was going to look at things. It just, I guess, organically evolves uh, as you mm-hmm. grow. But, um you know, uh, I've had the opportunity to um, know and understand lots of different people's lives, you know, through the work that I've done, uh, you know, prior, I think, to, to my work at Scholastic, being a community organizer and also working with all different kinds of kids in, in New York City. And then growing up with, as we mentioned, this diverse group of individuals who became a family of 11, uh, nine kids and two parents. And... Um, not everyone's always happy, and I've seen a lot of challenging situations, and I just realized at some point um, 
in my independent life that there were two ways to go. I can dwell on what's not possible, and I can dwell on the things that are challenging and or sad, and those are very real things, and I never ignore them or dismiss them or, or belittle you know, grief or, or, or challenge. However, um, I've been given, I almost want to say it's a gift because I don't know where it came from, but this ability to um, look things square in the face and say, but there is possibility in every single situation, and... Um, you know, I'm going to choose, and sometimes it is a conversation that goes on internally. It doesn't always come 100% naturally, but I'm going to choose the path of, you know, optimism because I know what, I, I've seen the end result in small, greater or, or lesser degrees of maintaining optimism can change things. It doesn't always happen immediately. It isn't always the grandest change, but um, I've decided it's the better option. You know, if I dwell on what's not possible and on sort of uh, the challenge as being insurmountable, then it's not going to get me, you know, certainly not going to get me past that challenge. Um, so I do, I do try to share both with my family, probably with my family most often, this sense of, but let's talk about what's possible. I'm not saying I ignore the challenge, but um, how do we, how do, where do we find a path in that challenge, or where do we find um, sort of a doorway that says, if we can't do it all, we can at least do X, right? I even think that is a tremendous. Um, thing to have in your back pocket when you are working on a creative endeavor, right? That seems like, oh, there's a lot of hurdles to overcome or that's technically not possible or to redirect, to sort of consistently redirect an effort to say, okay, great, okay, so now we know that that door closed, but which one can we open and and how can we make this work? Um, Yeah, you're, you're hitting on two things I use in my coaching quite often when I'm working with people. And the first one is, I'll just call it, Noticing what is, which mm-hmm. is a direct reference to the last guest on our show, um, Tim Ogilvie, who um, t- talked about before you begin to create a vision, you have to sort of tell yourself the truth about yeah. what what really is happening here. And then the second part is uh, ask yourself that question: What's possible? And in asking yourself the question, you, you might I'm hearing you kind of add a mm-hmm. word, right? What's possible? Now, like yeah. given what is, what's possible right now, even though we may be overwhelmed, we may be stuck, we may not have the resources. Exactly. Um, you know, let's, let's start there. I, I do. I, I mean, even in my work daily, because, you know, to greater, however great or, or small the challenge is, there is an approach that has seemed to work. And so I continue to come back to it. What's possible? You've said that. What can be done? What mm-hmm. progress can be made? how big or small, every step counts, right? And and even if you've determined, okay, it's not everything that I wanted, right? I'm not going to make the giant leap. I'm going to make take the baby step. It should always be squarely focused on the end goal, right? Don't forget that there's a big picture here. And if I get the baby step accomplished, it's going to get me to the next step, right? Or if I can take four steps in this move, that's even better. But if I can't, I'm not going to be disappointed, Right. Yeah. It's just, you just you, staying focused and believing is so much a part of it. Um, you know, I like this. I like your reference to the baby step because every small step changes 
some, it changes what is and allows for something new to become possible. So if you stand where you're standing and just look around and say, this is the way it is, and you don't venture out even a little, try something, try anything, nothing's going to change. Right? That's absolutely really right. Yeah. Need, yeah. need to try something. Yeah. And I, I said that we would talk about what's the secret to your success. I'm <laughs> sure by now that our listeners have figured it out, right? It's this incredible passion, um, positivity, and... Um, confidence in you that I hear that seems to come out of a willingness to not know or willingness to fall down and get back up with a curious question and a great attitude. Those are some of the secrets to your success that I'm hearing. How would you put it? Oh, well, thanks for, <laughs> for all of that. Um, yeah, I think I, I would I would echo the same thing. I, I think, you know, and, I, and I'm very thankful and I, I just I think so many people have contributed to helping me become who I am throughout my life um, that I have a, a tremendous capacity to be open to new ways of thinking. Uh, I am very, very um, patient. <laughs> and I also uh, really do embrace different points of view they help me understand things more than I could ever on my own, and uh, a definite—you know—I definitely know I have a never give up attitude. Um, and, and I also—I'll add something that I know we talked about a little earlier, but there isn't one way. And you know, I had some team members really, again, remind me of the importance of um, never giving up and, and not thinking that there's one way, we were dealing with sort of a pretty big creative challenge in, in, our, in our work together, and we'd sort of gone through a number of hoops. We've talked to all the different teams who would impact this idea from technology to design to creativity, and, you know, at one juncture, we were thinking, like, I, I might just have to give up on this idea, and one of my team members was like, I think, you know, I think there's another way that we haven't talked about even though we felt like we had exhausted it. And she just, you know, sort of took it upon herself to explore a couple more things, even though a whole team of experts had sort of said, uh, we've exhausted the topic. And I said, go for it, <laughs> please. And, you know, she came back, and there was some compromise involved, but compromise we hadn't considered. And we got to the aha moment where everyone at that table was like, wow, you're right. Every executive at this table had decided it's not possible, and now we're all in agreement that it is. And that was just super fantastic. (laughs) And I see that with my kids. You know, I never say, oh, okay, well, you can't do it. What what other way could you think about that? Is there Mm -hmm. any other thing that you Mm -hmm. could explore? How about you try Mm -hmm. that? Mm -hmm. You know? That's great. I think that's part of the secret sauce. I think that is part of the secret sauce. And I think for, um, you know, what I'm going to take away from talking with you about this today is that that additional question, you know, how else, you know, how else could right. we approach this? How else could we look at this? How else could we interpret this? You know, just um, not uh, being so quick, maybe, as we sometimes yeah. are to say, this is the way it is, or this can't be done, or oh, that wouldn't work, or we don't have, you know, we don't have what we need. I hear that one a lot. Yeah. Um, I think it goes back to the, like, it's, and not everything's formulaic. You know, it's not, don't look at everything linearly, right? Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. so be open. Mm-hmm. And Maggie, you know, we have um, another break coming up, but I'm interested to have you just really tell us um, briefly, what, what's the accomplishment at work you're most proud of? You know, just name it for us. 
Uh, in my current work, I think, um, you know, what, what we're involved in right now, which is not um, available yet to the, to the world, if you will, is, is really exciting, and it's squarely focused on um, Scholastic's mission to support parents as well as kids in their learning lives. And it's going to, you know, in, in a very personal way that maps back to their passions. <laughs> so that's kind of a great theme. I'm really proud of that. But I would say, like, if I had to sum up everything that I've done to date as a professional person, I think my work as a teacher really is what I can be most proud of because um, it was an opportunity to really share a tremendous amount of love I have um, with learning and specifically literature and history and theater, which is what, what I was teaching, with kids who just ate it up and who took it further, right, who just ran with it and found um, new parts of themselves in that classroom and, and the experiences that we had. My guest today is Maggie McGuire, and we'll be right back. Whether the market's up or down, or if you're looking to improve your portfolio, our experts are ready to talk to you. Call now, toll free, 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Voice America Business Network. We've just come off of the Great Recession, but we're not out of the woods yet. What will our world be like when we get back on course? Will the course even be the same as it was? For the answers you need to weathering this recovery, tune in every weekend to Going for Broke, how the new normal can work for you with your host, Eric Hovey. We'll clue you into businesses, individuals, and communities that are already making a difference and show you how you can do the same. Going for Broke airs live every Saturday at 9 a.m. Pacific, noon Eastern Time on Voice America Business. Dialogue is the single most powerful leadership tool we have to make a difference in the world. Leading conversations with host Cheryl Esposito creates a place for that dialogue. Tune into the Voice America Business Channel every Friday as Cheryl hosts new conversations among leaders from around the world in business, government, art, economics, and social change. We'll explore big ideas and everyday actions and learn how their own leadership has led them to discover a newfound sense of possibility in the world. Leading conversations with Cheryl Esposito, bringing big thinkers together in conversations that make a difference right here on the Voice America Business Channel every Friday morning at 10 a.m. Pacific Standard Time. The business community's first choice in Internet talk radio, Voice America Business Network. You're listening to Visionary Leader Extraordinary Life with host Kate Ebner. We'd love to hear from you. Pick up your phone and call into 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. If you'd rather send an email, please send it to visionaryleader at nebocompany.com. Now, back to today's program. 
Hi, this is Kate Ebner. I'm your host of Visionary Leader Extraordinary Life, and I'm interviewing Maggie McGuire today, Vice President of Scholastic Media Interactive. She has developed award-winning content across numerous platforms. Maggie's a master at developing partnerships for distributing that content, and she's just had an extraordinary career. Um, started out as the ninth child in a family of nine and <laughs> made her way from Detroit to New York City. We've been exploring her story. And Maggie, we'd love to hear, as you look to the future, what's your vision? Oh, wow. Big question, Kate. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, my vision for the future. Um, you know, I think I would probably have to, uh, because that's such a big question, I'm going to limit it to sort of my world and my realm, and that'll probably encompass, you know, aspects of education, uh, future for our kids and families. Sure. And, um Wow, if I got my way, <laughs> um, there would be a um, tremendous support uh, in the world for uh, encouraging uh, every child to learn in a way that's best suited to them. I would say individualized learning, um, you know, leads to individuals growing and becoming the adults that they're best set out to be based on their own talents and their passions. And creates a society of folks who are um, probably uh, confident and um, happy with who they are if they love what they do. And uh, if you love what you do and you're a happy person <laughs> and you're um, sort of, you've been, your interests and your passions have been cultivated over time by your family and by the educational system and the teachers and your, and your workplace, um, we're going to have a, a world of inventive, creative thinkers who will hopefully help solve, you know, all of the challenges that arise as the world evolves. And we don't know what so many of them are today, right? So I couldn't prescribe uh, exactly what that means, but um, a, a future where there's equity in, in access to education and information and knowledge that are that's going to help our world become a better place. You know, putting that again. I'm going to go back to that thread and that note I wrote on the board with my kids. Um, once you have that knowledge, you know, being responsible with it and what does that mean? And that could be a really powerful, um, powerful place to live and a positive place to live if we always if we took responsibility for knowledge in in, in positive ways. I hope that. You're vi- your vision incorporates everything you've told us about who you are and your life work. And it certainly, um, it, it certainly is rooted in your faith, really, in, mm. in children, in people, mm-hmm. the, the ability to learn and to do, to do something with that learning, to, to actually be responsible and take action with that knowledge. And also, um, I think what I love about your vision is that it's, a, it's an empowering vision that gives the power of the future to the people of the future. Absolutely. You know, education is the vehicle, mm-hmm. uh, knowledge is the vehicle, and part of that is also taps into that, that aspect of you that's all about raising children. And mm-hmm. so I, I heard in your vision not just educating children, but also raising children who mm. know, know what to do with this knowledge and this responsibility. Yeah, I, I mean, I think um, loving uh, people and loving difference. I would say I absolutely, you know, I live in a, a great area of the United States, Brooklyn. It's just this, you know, the melting pot cliche, but um, 
I am completely jazzed every day uh, at the diversity on my own block, uh, on the uh, tremendous diversity in the schools my kids go to. Um, I love people. I love their what they bring to the table that's different. We we talk at the the table all the time about really fun stuff. <laughs> I could go on and talk about that for a long time, but like at, at the end of the day, I'm always talking as a family with my husband and, and my kids about isn't it so cool how um, you know th- that person or that family or or your, that friend knows about that and and I never would have known that before and um we sometimes talk about you know kids get into wanting to be the same or fit in and mm-hmm. and sometimes we talk about um wow wouldn't it be a boring place if we were all the same and and what would ever be new and w- where would new ideas come from right um so yeah, yeah. <laughs> Well, it sounds like you are living. Um, you're living in the world that you're hoping to inspire others to create. And um, do you think? And, and this is just a curious, quick question. But do you think technology and kids equals this kind of engaged future? I think techn- we talk so much about technology, and it's such an amazing uh, resource and tool. I think at the end of the day, when when you boil it all down, there's some fundamental things with or without technology that need to be put in place to have a bright future or, or, or to be creative, inventive thinkers. Technology is a, is, is a tool um, that has allowed us, what I find so fantastic about technology is um, its potential uh, to provide access and you know what you weren't what wasn't available to the average family or or child in the past is now you know at your fingertips at the keyboard on the on on online and that'll only continue to grow um and new markets will open up specifically i think in the educational arena that will allow um all families and all kids to have access to information that's going to you know provide them with the knowledge they need. I definitely don't think technology alone is the answer. It's always married with um, what is the information I have access to? How does it tap into asking me questions, um, informing me of what I, what I need to know? And, um, you know, it can't replace human connections, and I don't think it is a replacement for um, activities that are non-technological, you know, ensuring that kids have opportunities to explore tactile experiences, to play freely and, and use their imagination beyond something that's been crafted for them to, to invent new things and to imagine. And so um, I absolutely love uh, that technology is opening up the world to all of us, myself included, as an adult, uh, as much as it will for kids. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I'm hearing you put it as a yes and, you know, yes, yes. It's a great development, and it doesn't replace the kinds of experiences and relationships and engagement that has always been fundamental to a healthy society and a healthy family. Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. Um, Maggie, do you ever have a bad day? Ooh, great question. <laughs> you know what? That's a funny, that's such a great question. Every single night at the family table, we, you know, sort of kick off like best and worst <laughs> part of your day. <laughs> and sometimes it's so great because my kids are way smarter than me. They're like, I didn't have a worst. I just love that. Um, 
And the thing about it is, no. Like, if I had to, if I had a short answer, no. Are parts of my day not great or less great than others? Sure, of course. But um, I love coming home. I'm never going to be, you know, that's always going to be the bright spot in my day. I love, um, I love teams of people in collaboration. I love creative juice that gets, you know, all of us thinking and, and, and moving in new directions. I love my family. So there's always going to be a piece of my day. Again, there's that crazy optimism. <laughs> but um, that's going to make my day, when I look at it in its whole, as, you know, a pretty good day. Pretty lucky to have lived that day, and uh, doesn't go without challenges for sure. Does not go without challenges. Yeah, you know, I'm going to have to add this appreciative um, stance that you have to the secret sauce we were talking about. You, you just seem like you're so aware of how much is in your life. Yeah, good day, bad lucky. day. And you just, you're just always appreciating that. And I want to thank you for being a guest today on our show. This has just been um, inspiring and energizing for me and for our listeners. And um, you've, you've shared everything from your story to your secrets to your vision <laughs> <laughs> to your advice and your, your, I think, your uh, expertise. So thank you so much for joining us, Maggie. Oh, you're welcome, Kate. It was a lot of fun. This is Kate Ebner. You've been listening to Visionary Leader Extraordinary Life. I hope you'll join us again next week to hear from people whose lives, careers, perspectives, and actual visions of the future are inspiring all of us to be visionaries. Thank you. We sincerely hope you've enjoyed hearing from leaders who are using vision to create an inspiring future. Please join host Kate Ebner for another edition of Visionary Leader Extraordinary Life next Monday at 8 a.m. Pacific Time, 11 a.m. Eastern Time on Voice America Business Channel. Meanwhile, visit www.nebocompany.com for more tips on bringing your own vision to life. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.